Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Eaglebrook Church. Really good to have you with us today. We are meeting in homes all throughout the Twin Cities, the state of Minnesota, and our country and world. I got an email from someone this week who said to me, you know, are you canceling church? And that got me going a little bit because I thought, we're not canceling anything. We're just moving online. We still have small groups. We have Facebook Live devotions every day at 7 o'clock in the morning. This is a new message with fresh worship. We're not canceling anything. We're simply moving it online. And here's what I believe. The church has never been the building. We don't need a building to be the church. Jesus said that the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against the church. And I'm telling you, the coronavirus won't be able to prevail either. I want to let you know that last weekend we had, as of Tuesday, over 46,000 devices watching our message last weekend. Now, that's just devices. We can only count one device. So if you had seven people watching that message, like our house did, we can only count you as one, which means we had probably about 80,000 or over 100,000 people watching last weekend's message. Isn't that unbelievable? Because when this all started to happen, I went, oh boy, this is just going to tank us. And here's God over here going, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are greater than your thoughts. And God can take anything in your life and he can work it for your good. I hope you know that today. I hope you know that no matter what it is that you're facing or dealing with, that God can take the worst circumstances and he can bring good out of it. In fact, I want to thank those of you that gave in 2017. In 2017, we had a group of people in our church that contributed $5 million so that we could launch, launch online church. At that time, we had no idea what the future held, but God knew. And it's because of you that we are able to continue to broadcast the message of Jesus Christ, even in the circumstances that we're in right now. I do want you to know that about 70% of our givers give online, and about 30% give in person. So if you're one of those people that gives in person, I would encourage you to sign up for online giving. You can do that on our website or the Eaglebrook Church app. But here's what I believe about our church. I believe that more than ever before, people need the hope of Jesus Christ. More than ever before, with 24-hour news and social media and all the anxiety-inducing information, more than ever before, we need messages of hope and messages centered around the person of Jesus Christ. And so that's what our church continues to try and do. Now, the coronavirus is not a laughing matter at all. But I do think people hoarding toilet paper is fair game. Okay, If you're one of the people hoarding toilet paper not judging you, we're just kind of poking fun a little bit. Here are some memes that I found this week. If we do a sequel to Lion King, I think this is going to be it. This is like, this is the golden the grail over here. Here's another one for you. It says the struggle is real and he's cutting up some paper towels. That, that's not a bad idea, right? Some of you could, if you get in a desperate situation, just, just do something like that. Here's the person who says, I finally finished my panic room. So he's all set for whatever happens. And then here's a final one for you. Those CVS receipts are finally paying off. You don't need toilet paper, people. You've got plenty of CVS receipts. But we live in a world right now that is anxious and is worried. 
And so we are in a series called Strong and Courageous. Here's what courage is. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is when you don't let fear stop you. I've heard one author say that courage is fear that has said its prayers. In other words, you still feel afraid, you still feel worried and nervous, but you pray about it and you trust God with that. Courage is when you believe that Jesus Christ is with you and for you. That is courage. Today's message is titled, Sweat the Small Stuff. What do I mean by the small stuff? I'm talking about the little indiscretions. I'm talking about the so-called small sins. The, the kind of thing that would make you say, it's not a big deal. I'm not hurting anybody else. I don't see what the harm is. I mean, come on, I don't think anybody's even going to find out. But here's what the harm is. Every large regret that you have ever had in your life started with one small decision to do something that you knew you shouldn't do. A couple weeks ago, I was speaking here at Eagle Brook on a Saturday night, and afterwards, I pulled out. And the police officer who was directing traffic, he pulled out behind me. And I, it didn't even phase me. I mean, I, I wasn't speeding. I wasn't on my phone. I didn't have a, a headlight out. But as I pulled out onto Main Street, I saw the red and blue lights in my rearview mirror. And I was so confused. I thought, did, did I roll through a stop sign? Like, what happened? So I pulled over, rolled down my window, and before the police officer was even up at my car, I heard him say, Jason, get your new license plates on. It flustered me that he knew my name. I didn't know that he knew my name, and so I kind of mumbled something. And he got up to my window and he said, your license plates expired in November. What are you doing? I looked over at the passenger seat on the floor where the license plates were sitting. My wife had told me to put them on in November, but it was cold out. And I didn't want my handsies to get cold. So I put them on the floor of the passenger seat, and I thought, you know what? I'll get to it some other time. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I mean, what are the odds I'm going to get pulled over? I'm not hurting anyone else. Police officer said, I just got done listening to you speak. <laughs> Always nice to meet a member of our church under any circumstances. But I said to him, I said, I am so sorry. I will get that taken care of immediately. You ever done something that you knew you shouldn't do, but you went ahead and did it anyway? So, so maybe for you, you thought, you know what? I, I know I shouldn't say those words. I know that's going to hurt that person deeply, but you just went ahead and said it. You knew that you were getting close to an addiction. There were other people in your life who were coming along and they were going, you need to get some help. This is getting out of control. But you just ignored them. You knew that you should tell the truth. You knew that you shouldn't keep that a secret, but you were afraid of getting caught. And so you ended up keeping it to yourself. Here's what the process of sin is. It starts with a thought. It moves into your imagination, then you start to justify, then you make a choice, and then you find yourself in sin. So it starts with a thought. Oh, he, 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 he understands me, he gets me, he, we seem to have a connection, she's really cute. And then it moves into the imagination. You start to fantasize about being in a certain circumstance with that person. And then you start to justify. My spouse... 
I mean, they don't, they don't really love me. I deserve to be happy. They, they don't care about our relationship anyway. And then you move into a choice. Yeah, yeah sure, I'll, I'll grab drinks with you after work. And next thing you know, you are headed towards a sinful choice. But it starts small. Just a thought. Just a fantasy, the kind of thing that you would say, what's the big deal? I don't don't think it's going to hurt anyone else. It's not going to harm anyone else. Last year in 2019, in the state of California, there was over 7,000 wildfires that damaged over 29,000 acres of land. One of the largest of these was the Saddle Ridge Fire. Here's some pictures of this fire and the damage that it caused. The Saddle Ridge Fire started on October 10th, and it burned for 21 days until October 31st. During that time, it damaged 8,799 acres. But I'm told that it started beneath a high-voltage transmission tower. Investigators believe just one little spark One little spark hit some dry grass, and all of a sudden, you have 8,799 acres destroyed, 19 buildings destroyed, 88 buildings damaged, eight people injured, and one fatality, all because of one spark. Let me ask you, what sin is in the spark stage of your life right now? It's so small. It's just a thought. It's just a fantasy. It seems like it's no big deal. But here's what I know is true. If you allow it to, that spark will ignite a flame that will bring destruction into your life. This is illustrated well in a story that's found in Joshua chapter 7. Now, I'll just warn you, this is not a kid-friendly tidy, cute Bible story, but it is in the Bible, and it's there to warn us. In fact, last weekend, I said that the Israelites were standing on the edge of the Jordan River, and when the priest put one foot in, the water stopped flowing, and I encourage many of you, wherever you are watching that message, to take one step forward as an act of faith, to say, God, I will follow you wherever you want me to go. Then in Joshua chapter 6, the Israelites come to the city of Jericho. And Joshua, the leader, consults with God, and God tells him, I'm going to give this city into your hands. I'm going to have you walk around the city seven times. When you blow the trumpet, the walls are going to come down. The city is going to be yours. But then God adds this one statement. He said, but don't take any of their stuff. Don't take any of their plunder for yourself. Just just destroy all of it. God said that because he didn't want his people to become like these other nations and adopt their values and behaviors. But he also didn't want them to rely on war to provide for them. He, He wanted them to trust in God and rely on him. And so everything happened as God said that it would. They circled the city seven times. They blew the trumpet. The walls came down. They didn't take any of their stuff, or so they thought. Here's the first verse of chapter 7. It says, But Israel was unfaithful concerning the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan 
had stolen some of these things. So the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. One man, Achan, saw a beautiful robe and a bar of gold. And he thought, I just have to have that. And so he took it for himself. He hid it thinking, you know what? Nobody's going to find out. (laughs) No one's going to know about this. I'm not hurting anybody else. What's the harm? But God knew. And it says that God was very angry. Why? Well, why would God even care about that? I mean, come on, God. It's not a big deal. It's just one bar of gold. It's just one robe. No one's even going to notice. But here's what God understands. Small acts of disobedience lead to large acts of disobedience. He knew that if the Israelites began to tolerate this sin, that they were going to be in trouble. And so he says to the people, he says, God is angry. He doesn't want them to take these things. And we talk a lot about God's love and rightfully so. But a part of God's love is that he hates anything that hurts us. And I'm telling you, sin hurts us. It hurts you. If there is a sin in your life right now that's in the spark stage, it's so little, it's so insignificant, it's just a thought, it's just a fantasy. I am telling you that spark can ignite a flame that will bring destruction to your life. And not only to your life, but it will hurt the people around you that you love the most. And so in this story, I see three warnings that God is giving to each of us. Here's the first one. Don't think it can't happen to you. So the people of God, they don't even know what Achan has done. They, they have no idea about this. But after they get done taking the nation of Jericho, they move on to another city called Ai. And Joshua sends out two spies. And these spies come back and they say, it's a small town. Wouldn't take more than two or 3,000 of us to destroy it. There's no need for all of us to go there, they said. Do you hear the tone here? Oh, we got this, God. Notice that before they went to Jericho, Joshua consulted God. But he doesn't consult God here. He just says, oh, we, we got the odds. They're in our favor. We got the numbers. We don't even need to take everybody. He was overconfident. And so they attack the city of Ai, not realizing that God wasn't going to give them a victory. And here's what it says happened. It said the Israelites were paralyzed with fear and their courage melted away. I love that phrase, their courage melted away. You ever had something like that before where you were all fired up, you were going to confront somebody, you were going to give them a piece of your mind, and then two minutes into that conversation, you're like, I can just feel my, my courage melting away right now. That's what happened to the Israelites. They got soundly defeated in the battle. Psalm 20, verse 7 says this, Some trust in chariots and some in horses. Modern day translation of this, Some trust in toilet paper, some trust in baby wipes. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. In other words, they trust in their own ability to protect themselves, to hoard for themselves. We got the numbers. We got the power. We can do it in our own strength. But some trust in the name of the Lord our God. That was Joshua. 
Joshua was trusting in his horses and his chariots. He thought, we got the numbers. We have the odds. He was overconfident. A friend of ours one time said to us, they said, you know, my kids are never going to have a meltdown at Target. They said, I'm just going to tell them before we walk in, hey, you're not going to get anything, so don't even ask. They said that to us before they had kids. And isn't that how most of us are? Oh, that's not going to happen to me. That's not going to happen in my marriage, maybe for other people, but that, that won't happen in ours. That's not going to happen to my kids. That, that's not going to happen to me. I mean, I see other people struggle with that, but I, that, that could never happen to me. Here's the best way to avoid temptation. Don't even get close. A few years ago, when my oldest son was just 11 years old, we went to Valley Fair for his birthday. And at that time, I had not been to Valley Fair in about 15 years. I had never been at the water park. But in 2015, they put in a new water park, and they had these six water slides. Here's some pictures of it for you. These two on the left here are called Breaker's Plunge, and those are 90 feet up in the air. These four on the right over here are called Breaker's Pipeline, and those are 65 feet up in the air. Now, when we got there, my, I took our littlest kids to the kiddie park, and somehow my two oldest talked my wife into taking them on one of these. As they were walking up, my wife said to the lifeguard, she said, which one of those is the least scary? And the lifeguard kind of rubbed his chin for a moment, and he thought, ah, maybe the red one. And so they stood in line for 20 minutes, and when they got to the top, they realized something. They realized this was not a normal water slide where you just grab the bar and kind of swing yourself down. Oh, no. This was the kind of thing where you walked out on a platform. You heard a voice saying five, four, three, two, one, and then a trap door opened underneath your feet. And the first 10 feet of this water slide were a complete free fall before you actually hit the slide. My oldest son, Micah, again, who was 11 at the time, was there along with Hudson, my 8-year-old. And so Micah, my 11-year-old, turned to my wife and he said, I'll go if you go. But just to make sure, they made Hudson go first. <laughs> Sacrificial lamb. He was 8 years old. He didn't know what's happening. So Hudson walks out there. And they hear the voice, five, four, three, two, one, boom, down he goes. Then Micah stands out there, five, four, three, two, one, boom, down the slide he goes. My wife Sarah stands out there, five, four, three, two. She said, hold up, I am not going down that slide. She then took the walk of shame past everybody who was waiting in line to get up to this thing. I said, did you fist bump the 12-year-old girls on your way down who were waiting to go on this thing? But there's a lot of doors in life like that. They look fun. They look exciting from a distance. But when you get a little bit closer, you realize, wait, wait a minute, that's a trap. It's the person who thinks, you know what, I, I'm just going to do it one time. You know how many people over the years have said that? Oh, I'm just going to do it one time. You know, I'm, I'm in a better place now. I'm just going to have one. I, I'll, I'll be fine. Trust me. And next thing you know, you're sliding. 
It's the person who says, I just want to buy this. I know it's out of my price range. I know it's over our budget. We're going to have to go into debt and take out a loan, but I just have to have it. And next thing you know, you are sliding into financial stress. Is there a door in your life like that right now? It looks fun. It looks exciting. You've even been trying to talk yourself into why it would be okay. But you know, it's a trap. At some point, you have to recognize that if you open that door, if you go through that door, you are going to slide. Your reputation, your future, just like that, it is going to slide. That's why you have to say, hold up. I am not going through that door. I'm not even going to get close. In the book of Proverbs, Solomon is talking to his son about this immoral woman. And here's what he says to his son. He says, run from her. Don't go near the door of her house. In other words, don't even get close. Don't even get like right up there and go, I'm just going to kind of flirt a little bit or I'm just going to kind of, no, 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 no. Move in the opposite direction. Pastor Craig Rochelle said this. He said, why resist temptation in the future if you have the power to eliminate it today? The easiest time to eliminate temptation in your life is at the beginning. Resist the thought. Resist the fantasy. Resist that. Much easier to resist getting close to the door than to resist whatever's behind the door once you've already stepped behind it. Is there a door in your life right now that you need to walk away from? You know it. You know you're getting too close and you know that you're going to slide. You've got to go, hold up. I'm not even going to get close to that. Don't think it couldn't happen to us. Every single one of us is vulnerable. Don't think, oh, that, that, that would never happen to me because it can. Here's the second warning that I see in this story. Don't blame someone else. So the Israelites, they get routed at Ai, and Joshua, the leader, he's furious. He's not furious with himself. He's not furious with Achan. He's angry at God. Look at what he says to God. He says, then Joshua cried out, sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you were going to let the Amorites kill us? It's a harsh accusation. He's essentially saying to, the, to God, hey, you can't be trusted. You said that we could go to the promised land and then you would give it to, but you're, that's not true. You just brought us out here to kill us. God claps right back at Joshua. I love this. He's, he, God says, Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen the things that I commanded to be set apart for me, and they have not only stolen them, but they have also lied. Joshua was oblivious to the damage that Achan's disobedience had caused. And I wonder today how many of us are oblivious to the damage that our disobedience is causing. If you're on Twitter, Rex Chapman is a must-follow. Rex Chapman, former NBA player, he posts videos on his Twitter page that are funny, heartwarming. It's everything that's good about the internet in one place. But on January 13th, he posted this video. 
and I'm going to show the video to you. But before I do, I want to caption it for you. Okay, so this is my caption of the video that you're about to see. Honey, we're about to miss our exit. What? We're about to miss our exit. It's over there. What? Right there, you're going past our exit. Oh, no, I, I think I can still make it. That's my caption for you. Take a look. Sometimes we are oblivious to the damage that our disobedience causes. I wonder how many of us are oblivious to the fact that it's our anger that's causing our kids to crash in school. Oblivious to the fact that it's our sarcasm that's causing pileups at work. Oblivious to the fact that it's our inability to apologize that's affecting the people around us. Let me ask you, what is it like to be on the other side of you? Do you know? Do you know what it's like to be on the other side of you when you're at your worst or when you're stressed? This is just something that we dealt with in our house this week. I've been stressed out about making decisions for our church and this coronavirus, speaking on the weekends, and I came home this week and had a moment where I was short, I was quick, my words were sharp, and one of my sons confronted me about this because I tried to apologize. I said, oh, I'm just so sorry. I'm so stressed out. And he said, you could always be stressed out about something. You can't use that excuse all the time. You have to learn how to deal with stress. This is my son saying this to me this week. What is it like to be on the other side of you? If every single one of us today could identify one sin that is damaging the people we love, and then you made a plan to get rid of it in your life, I would feel like this message was a success. But don't blame other people. This isn't your spouse's issue. It's not your kid's issue. It's not your boss's issue. It's not the circumstances or the coronavirus or our world. These are the things that we have to take responsibility for. Here's what the third warning that I see in this story. Kill sin before it kills you. So right before God reveals to Joshua who the guilty party is, here's what he says to Joshua. He says, you will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things. What is it that you need to remove today so that you can walk in God's victory tomorrow? What sin in your life do you need to kill right now before it kills you? Maybe it's your insecurity. Maybe it's your anger or your pride or your lust. But what needs to be removed from your life today so that you can experience God's victory tomorrow? What is it you need to confess today so that you can walk in God's forgiveness tomorrow? Achan never really did that. In fact, God had Joshua line up every person in the nation of Israel. And then he said, okay, the guilty person is in that tribe right there. That, that tribe, you, you come forward. And then he said, the guilty person's in that clan of that tribe. And so that clan stepped forward. And then he said, the guilty person's in that family of that clan. So that family, you need to step forward. Just think about how long that would have taken. 
Achan had all the time in the world to raise his hand and go, hey, it was me. But he never did that. There is a difference between being sorry that you got caught and sorry that you sinned. And some of you know what this is like. Your spouse got caught. Your boss got caught. And they might even have a lot of emotion around that. And there were tears. But those tears were not because they were sorry that they had sinned. Those tears were because they were sorry that they got exposed and that they got caught. They they, they never had a moment where they said, you know what? I have sinned against God and against you. And I'm going to go and repent and move in the opposite direction. Here's what finally happened. Joshua looked at Achan and he said this. He said, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, by telling the truth. He, he had to finally confront him and say, you have to tell the truth. And maybe there's someone in your life that you need to confront in the same way. Make your confession and tell me what you have done. Don't hide it from me. Achan replied, I have sinned against the Lord. For I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon, 200 silver coins and a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. I wanted them so much that I took them. What a sad statement. I I wanted them so much that I took them. Never mind that this was going to hurt my family. Never mind that this was going to affect the entire nation. I wanted it. It's about me. I want, I need, I have to have. And that one decision to do something that he knew God didn't want him to do, led to Achan and his entire family being put to death. I remember reading that for the first time, and I thought, whoa, how how could God allow that to happen? How, How could that happen? I mean, come on, again, it was just such a small thing. But God understood he wanted his people to be a light to the world, and they couldn't be a light if they were tolerating sin. And he knew that the penalty of sin was death. And friends, the penalty for sin is still death. The penalty of sinning against a perfect, loving, holy God is still death. But Jesus Christ died on the cross to take the penalty that your sins deserved. In exchange for paying the price for your sins, he gives you the hope of eternal life. Aren't you thankful for Jesus today? In fact, I want to close by reading a psalm to you. It's Psalm 32. And as I sat with this psalm this week, I really believe that this is God's word to you. And so wherever you are right now in your home or at a coffee shop, if it's appropriate to just take a moment, maybe even close your eyes and just let God speak to you through these words. Oh, what joy for those whose sins have been forgiven. What a joy that comes when you know that you are forgiven and that you are free before God, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Are you living your life in complete honesty today? No hidden sins, no hidden issues, nothing that you're keeping a secret. But you can say, you know what? I'm living my life in complete honesty. What a a joy, what a freedom. He says, when I refused to confess my sins, I was weak and miserable. 
I groaned all day long. My strength evaporated. Finally, I confessed my sins to you and stopped trying to hide them. Maybe that's what some of us need to do today. You need to stop trying to hide something and you need to say, finally, I'm going to confess this to God. I'm going to confess this to other people. He said, I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. What a powerful statement. All my guilt is gone. Can you say that today? Can, can you say, all my guilt, it's gone. You know, I tell you, I, I, the coronavirus and everything that's going on in our world today, so many people have fear and anxiety. And they feel like their strength is being evaporated. And as bad as the coronavirus is, let me tell you something. The guilt of sin is far worse. Because Jesus Christ says, no matter what happens to you in this life, if you have put your faith in me, you will have the promise of eternal life. You have the hope of eternal life. And I want that for each of you today. That you would get your heart right before God. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer right now to put our faith in Jesus. And if you've never done this before, if you want the hope and assurance of knowing no matter what happens to me in this life, I, I can know that my sins are forgiven and all my guilt is gone. And I want to lead you in this prayer. Would you pray with me? Lord, there might be some of us who are viewing this message who have never had a moment in their life where they've put their faith and trust in you. And so right now, God, I want to lead them in this prayer in the quietness of their own mind. God, I admit that I am a sinner. I'm going to finally confess to you that I have sinned against you. And I ask you, Lord, that you would forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ died to pay the penalty that my sins deserved and that by putting my faith in him, I have the promise of eternal life. God, would you save me today? Would you give me the hope and assurance that knows that no matter what happens in our world and no matter how many plagues are, are going around or people are losing their lives, God, I know that I have the hope and assurance of forever with you. I put my faith in Jesus Christ right now. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, would you text the word BEGIN? to 555-888. We have some free resources that we want to send to you. We don't want you just to go on your own. We want to give you something that will help you get started in the right way. Join us next weekend as we continue in our series, Strong and Courageous. Ryan Leak is going to be with us, and I read his message this week. It is phenomenal. I can't wait for our church to hear it this next weekend. We'll see you then.